Hello, I'm Liz. Welcome to what is technically the inaugural episode of the Vegan Keto Podcast. If you've been listening for a while, you will note that we have gone through a bit of a title change. Over the years, I realized I have been making more and more content about the topic of vegan keto and less and less about anything else. And I just thought it was time to name the podcast something that would reflect that. So here we are. Now, before we begin with today's episode, I quickly want to note that I am not a doctor, and this podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any medical condition, but rather is informational in nature. If you do have any medical questions or concerns, please talk to your doctor. If you read the title of today's podcast, you know that we will be talking about transitioning to a vegan keto diet. In order to keep this short and sweet, I'm just going to dive right into it. So my very first tip is to go at your own pace. While it is tempting to want to dive right into a new way of eating from the start, that's not always the most practical solution for everyone. I know we're used to watching weight loss TV shows where participants throw away every item in their pantry and completely change their lifestyle overnight, but that just isn't feasible for many of us. Some people need to take things a little slower and ease their way in. If you are able to completely shift into a vegan keto diet, then go for it. But I think it's important to note that you can slowly transition into this way of eating as well. Slowly eliminating carbohydrate intake over time won't have that instant gratification, but will still get you into ketosis eventually. Over the years, I have worked with a lot of people who prefer to incorporate low-carb foods into their meals first instead of just diving in by simply swapping out high-carb starches for their low-carb counterparts. For instance, if you make a lot of curries with rice, you could start using cauliflower rice instead. If pasta alfredo is your favorite dinner, using zucchini noodles or spaghetti squash instead of traditional noodles can dramatically reduce the carb count. Once you're comfortable with this, you can start making more and more swaps for those high-carb foods until you are in ketosis. A similar strategy for transitioning from a higher-carb way of eating to vegan keto is switching out one meal at a time. So maybe the first week, you drink a keto smoothie for breakfast instead of your normal bowl of cereal. The next week, you could try making keto dinners at home, as well as having the smoothie. Then over time, you can switch out your lunch and your snacks, and you'll find yourself eating a vegan keto diet. My third suggestion, if you're more of a numbers person, would be to set a higher net carb goal and slowly taper from there. So week one, you might shoot for 100 grams of net carbs a day, then 75 grams the next week, 50 grams after that, and finally landing somewhere around 25 grams. And of course, one week isn't the necessary time frame for each step. It's just an arbitrary block of time I chose. You could do this over a week total or a month total. It's really whatever you're most comfortable with. So whether you go cold turkey on carbs or slowly taper down, it's just a matter of how well each strategy works with your lifestyle, personality, and goals. My next tip is to keep it simple. It can be overwhelming changing your entire dietary routine, even if you are taking things at a slower pace. While many of us really like seeing data and numbers and tracking every little thing, for others it can be such a burden that it's completely demotivating. If people are really struggling to track calories and macros while also weighing out food, which to be fair is a lot to do all at once, I like to suggest picking out just one number to focus on and going from there, typically net carbs, or adopting a full lazy keto approach. If both calorie counting and carb counting are just too much, not to mention balancing protein and fats to boot, just try counting net carbs. Forget calories, forget balancing macros, just simplify everything. Once you become comfortable with tracking only net carbs, it won't seem so hard also trying to stay within a calorie range 
or tracking protein or trying to make sure that your ratio is within the proper range, which it also doesn't necessarily have to be. I feel like I should note this as an aside that a lot of people get very focused on keeping everything in this perfect pie chart where a chunk of it is fats, a chunk of it is protein, and a chunk of it is carbs. And while that's very helpful for some people, and if it's helpful for you, that's great. It's totally not necessary. You're not failing if you don't do that. But like with easing into ketosis, there's no reason you just can't ease into tracking as well. You may be over your calories or under in protein a day at first, but in the long run, that doesn't really make a difference. You can also completely abandon tracking and just take a lazy keto approach. I actually know a lot of people in real life who have had some pretty good success with this method. The idea is that instead of tracking your food, you just focus on eating keto-friendly foods. I really like this method for people who are looking to beat cravings and have a healthier relationship with food as it encourages a more intuitive approach. You don't need to stress about fitting certain foods into your day to hit appropriate macronutrient targets. You don't need to worry about being hungry for a snack, but you've already eaten all of your calories by the end of the night. And you don't have to focus on those two extra net carbs that you ate at dinner that one time, and now you're pretty sure that's the reason you're stalling. It seems a little intense, but people really do get hyper-focused at the start on numbers, myself included. And so sometimes I think it can be pretty helpful to just ignore numbers completely. I'll actually be doing a whole separate podcast on intuitive eating and lazy keto at a later date because I think it's such an important topic. So my third tip is pretty simple. It's just always bring a snack. That can seem counterproductive if you're starting keto to lose weight, but you're far more likely to stick with keto if you have a container of almonds in your bag or another keto-friendly option when a craving strikes and you're out on the town. It sounds really simple, but sometimes when you're away from home for much longer than anticipated, it can be really hard to find some vegan keto-friendly foods on the fly. So I always think that having that snack with me helps to prevent those vending machine fiascos or just running through the drive-thru and grabbing anything because you're so hungry that you can't think. So my next tip is to listen to your body. This might be the most important one, but I feel like it's the tip that we ignore the most often. Your body will let you know when something isn't right, and it's really important to pay attention to that. So many people experience flu-like symptoms, often called the keto flu, for far too long and just assume that it's normal. While it's typical to experience some headaches, lethargy, and a bit of lightheadedness at the start, if it persists, something is up. It might be as simple as not drinking enough water or consuming enough electrolytes, but either way, it's a problem that should be addressed. There are a lot of great resources out there for troubleshooting keto flu symptoms, so if you find yourself on day 5 to day 7 of ketosis or beyond and you're still experiencing any of these symptoms, definitely give that a Google. And if you have any underlying health conditions, 100% talk to your doctor about it. This same principle also applies to hunger. If you're starving every day, just eat a little more, even if it puts you over your target macros and calories. Macro calculators are not the end-all be-all and don't account for the day-to-day metabolic fluctuations we all experience. If you feel hungry every single day after your dinner, then you know that you're just not getting enough nutrition to feed your body. The final tip is something, actually pretty much like all of these, that I wish someone had told me when I first started out on keto in 2012, and that is don't stress about the small stuff. While it's easy to stick with a keto diet once you're in a routine, getting to that place can be a bit of a challenge for some. I see so many people on social media beating themselves up about eating too many net carbs or going over their calories for the day. If this happens, it's fine. One day won't drastically change your trajectory. 
If you're mostly staying within the range you've set for yourself, you will hit your goals. Additionally, stressing about the little things doesn't actually fix them. If you already ate a cookie and kicked yourself out of ketosis, being upset about it just introduces all those stress hormones into your system. Take a deep breath, recognize how eating that cookie made you feel, and use that as motivation for your decision making next time. So I'm going to wrap things up here and keep this relatively short and sweet. I hope you found these tips helpful. Thank you so much to everyone who's been listening for all these years, and I hope you have a truly lovely week.